نحمد و نصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي There are roughly four ayahs that were revealed in which there is indication about Abdullah bin Salam radiyallahu anhu Three ayahs we're going to go through right now and one is going to come in a story about Abdullah bin Salam radiyallahu anhu later on so we don't need to mention that separately First ayah is from Surah Nisa in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about of course Bani Israel since Abdullah bin Salam was from Bani Israel so It makes more sense for um, the ayahs that were revealed that indicated or inferred him anywhere that it would be related to Bani Israel. So Bani Israel did a lot of dhulm. And dhulm meaning not in the sense of oppressing people, but dhulm in the sense of oppressing themselves by disobeying the orders of Allah and their Anbiya alayhim even to the extent of killing their Anbiya alayhim and rejecting them. So as a result of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed certain ayahs upon the, um, uh, certain uh, orders or commandments upon the Anbiya alayhim to make certain things upon Bani Israel haram, where everything was first halal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made their deen, their sharia more restrictive by making many things haram. As a punishment. Not as a order to see if they obey or disobey. But as a punishment. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah, فَبِظُلْمٍ مِّنَ الَّذِينَ هَدُوا حَرَّمْنَا عَلِهِمْ We made haram upon them. طَيِّبَاتٍ Many things that were perfectly permissible. That were halal for them before this. And because they turn people away from the straight path. In another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentions that it wasn't the whole of Bani Israel that was turning people away from the straight path, but their ahbar, their rabbis, and their leaders who had the knowledge, the sacred knowledge of their scripture, but would not release that knowledge information to their people to guide them. Instead, they would use it to make money. And would even be willing to change the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and change the rulings of their sharia if they were given the right sum of money. So this was turning a people this was turning people away from the straight path. This was stopping people from being guided towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there are some specific habits of Bani Israel that are mentioned. Of course, generally speaking, they did a lot of dhulm, disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then more specifically, he says, They always dealt in usury, in trust. This was one of their big vices, usury, always dealing in interest. وَقَدْنُهُ anhu, Even though they were forbidden 
from dealing in interest, but they still dealt in interest. How many people amongst the Muslims deal in interest today? When we've been clearly been ordered in the Quran Kareem, clearly, there is no, you know, <clears throat> it's not an ijtihadi issue. It's explicitly mentioned in Quran Kareem to the extent that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even says that anybody who deals in interest, Allah and His Rasul declare war on them. That's how explicit it is. And they usurp the wealth of people without rights, without any right to do so, with batil. But as for the people amongst them who are grounded in knowledge, the people of knowledge, and the believers of Rasulullah. They believe in that which is revealed upon you and that which was revealed on the Anbiya before you. Those are the exception to the Bani Israel who dealt in interest, did dhulm upon themselves, disobeyed Allah in this rule, changed the laws, made money off of it. Right? The exception to that are those who are strong and grounded in their knowledge of the deen. So most of the Mufassirin say minhum amongst them is referring to Abdullah bin Salam and the other people who accepted Islam with him. Remember, Abdullah bin Salam was not just a lay person amongst the Yahud. He was the Ahbar. So wherever Quran Kareem would be talking about the Yahud and then makes an, uh, talks about the Yahud uh, in terms of their disobedience to Allah, their rebellious nature, and then makes an exception and say, except for these people who accepted Islam in the time of Rasulullah the first person that would come on that list would be Abdullah bin Salam before anybody else. And if there's specific mention even of the people of knowledge amongst them, that for sure refers to Abdullah bin Salam because he was one of the, one of the people of knowledge. Second ayah. <clears throat> Second ayah is from Surah Shu'ara. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّهُ لَتَنزِيلُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Quran Kareem and it came from Rabbul Alameen. نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينَ And who revealed it? Who brought it? The Ruh Al-Ameen. Who's Ruh Al-Ameen? We'll call the Holy Spirit or the trustworthy spirit is often the translation given for this. So, so Ruh Al-Ameen brought it ala qalbika and he revealed it upon your heart litakuna minal mundirin so that you are amongst the people who warn the people. Bilisanin Arabiyyin mubin. And you brought it in the, it was brought in the Arabic language. And it is mentioned in the scriptures of the former people. It is mentioned in the scriptures of the former people. And has it not been assigned to them 
that it is recognized by the scholars of the children of Israel? And is it not a sign for them, meaning the people of Makkah Mukarramah, that the, even the rabbis and the Yehud, the scholars, here he's not talking about the general community of Yehud, he's talking about the scholars of the Yehud, that isn't it a sign for the Makkans and the Quraysh and the Mushrikeen that the rabbis amongst the Yehud, the scholars of their scriptures, are also saying that this Quran that is being revealed is the Haqq and we were told about it in our previous scriptures. It's referring to Abdullah bin Salam because he's the one who spoke up. Nobody else did. All of them denied it completely that no, Rasulullah is not a Nabi of Allah even though they knew and they admitted it in their own private gatherings. But in public, they always denied it. Even to the extent of saying, when the Mushrikeen of Yehud, uh, Mushrikeen, sorry, Mushrikeen of Quraysh came to, uh, to Ka'ab bin Ashraf and asked him, who's on guidance? We are more on guidance or Muhammad Rasulullah is more on guidance? And they said, no, you are more on guidance than they are. Allahu Akbar. In ayah of Surah Nisa, this is the second ayah. From Surah Shura, the third ayah from Surah Ahqaf, and this ayah is very clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul He's talking to the mushrikeen of Makkah Mukarramah. What do you think? In kana min if this book of Allah is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa kafartum bihi, and you deny it, even though and there is a witness, a witness from Bani Israel who's testifying that this Quran is the book of Allah and this person Muhammad is a Nabi of Allah. And he believes in it. And you still are living in denial out of your arrogance. This Specific ayah of Quran Kareem, it's mentioned by Imam Bukhari in his Sahih that this ayah was revealed specifically about Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu. This is the opinion of Imam Bukhari, Imam Muslim, Imam Nisai, Ibn Abbas, Mujahid, Duha, Qatada, Ikrima. And his son Yusuf ibn Abdullah ibn Salam, Hilal ibn Yasaf, Suddi, Thawri, Malik ibn Anas, and Ibn Zayd. This is a group of scholars who all are saying that this ayah is referring to Abdullah ibn Salam. There is a witness. Now being a shahid, being a shahid, a witness, seems like this, you know, like you go to court and there's a witness. An ordinary thing. Remember, even Rasulullah this specific attribute has been given to Rasulullah We have sent you as a shahid, a witness. And one who gives glad tidings and one who gives forewarnings. So, Abdullah bin Salam is a shahid in this ummah that Quran is the book of Allah and Rasulullah is the Nabi of Allah. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Quraysh of Makkah that you should be ashamed of yourselves, that there's so much proof that this book of Allah is the truth, even outside of the Quranic da'wah claim, even outside of the claim from Rasulullah Look outside of it. Forget what the Quran says. Forget what Rasulullah is saying. Look at what he's saying. Even he's saying it. And he has no relation. He's from a completely different community. He's not even from the Arabs. And he's saying, no, this is the book of Allah. So this ayah is very specifically about Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu. So these are three ayahs that I just want to go through very quickly. When Umar ibn Khattab who was assassinated, Abdullah bin Salam came and the Salatul Janaza. Does anybody know who led the Salatul Janaza for Amir al-Mu'min Umar ibn Khattab? He appointed a specific Sahabi. Does anyone know who that Sahabi was? Hmm? No. As-Suhayb al-Rumi. Suhayb al-Rumi radiallahu anhu. Very famous Sahabi from the Muhajirun. He's not a Qurayshi. But he lived in Makkah Makarma. He migrated to Medina Munawwara. Suhaib al-Rumi was appointed by Umar ibn Khattab anhu to lead his Salatul Janazah after he dies. So after his Janazah was prayed, he said, Wallah, Abdullah bin Salam came and he said, Wallah, la'in kuntum sabaqtumuni bisala'ali, even though you have surpassed me in uh, praying Salatul Janazah, upon him and I don't know what this means does it mean in the sense that I was not appointed or does it mean in the sense that I reached too late and so I was not amongst the first people to read the Salatul Janazah so even though you were ahead of me you preceded me in praying Salah upon him you will not precede me and will not surpass me in my eulogy and my praise towards Umar ibn Khattab in other words, the praise that I'm going to give to Umar ibn Khattab, is, he is most deserving of it, and nobody can give praise of him as I will now. This was his love for Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn Khattab. So he says, Islam Umar. He's saying this at his grave in the gathering of people. And we've read in one of the previous sessions, I think, regarding Muaz bin Jabal, who also did a eulogy of Abu Abedam Jarrah. So eulogies are not impermissible because we have... Um, we have two proofs from two different Sahabas that praising a person after they're deceased, especially if they are really worthy of it, like a Sahabi of Rasulullah is proof that it's permissible. So he says, You were, what a good brother of Islam you were. Oh, Umar, Jawadan Bilhaq. You were generous when it came out to dispensing the haq, giving out the haq, distributing the haq. Bakhiran bil batil, and stingy in giving out the batil. Tarda hina rida. You would be pleased at the time of pleasure, meaning that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it was time for Allah's pleasure, that's when you would be pleased. And you would be angry when it was a right for that time, for uh, when it was the time for 
anger. Meaning that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry, that is when he would be angry. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased, that's when he would be pleased. He did everything according to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Afif al-Tarfi. Very virtuous, very righteous you are. Tayyib al-Dharf or Tayyib al-Dharf. Excellent in mind, excellent in conduct and manner. Lam takun maddahan. You didn't praise people a lot. Wala muqtaban. But you didn't ghibat either. You didn't backbite. You kept to yourself. You didn't sit there and criticize people or uh, observe people and find faults or find good things and just hold on to those and just be excessively praising or excessively criticizing. Right? And then Abdullah bin Salam anhu, withdrew and he sat down. And then somebody else came forward. To give their eulogy. So this was Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu expression of his sorrow and his love for the for Amir al-Mu'minin Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu Thereafter, this is 35th year of Hijri, when Abdullah bin when Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu we mentioned how his house was surrounded by the insurgents who came from Kufa, who came from Egypt and other places, and they all gathered. And they wouldn't allow Uthman ibn Affan anhu to drink water from the very same well that he had purchased for the Muslims, Bit al-Ruma. They wouldn't let him leave the house so that he could go to the Masjid al-Nabawi and lead the Salah there daily. So he had to pray Salah in his home. He had the option of just making the gesture and people would just do whatever he wanted. But he didn't want to be the first one to spill the blood of another Muslim brother because he had heard the hadith from Rasulullah that the first one to spill the blood, he will take the sin of anyone who spills the blood after. In this ummah of Rasulullah So Abdullah bin Salam anhu narrates that when Uthman ibn Affan's house was surrounded, Abdullah bin Salam came to Uthman ibn Affan and he had to push himself and push and shove himself through the rebels and insurgents who were being very, very rude and uncouth. And he got to the door. He finally got inside. He sat down with Abdullah bin Salam. Uh, sorry, with Uthman ibn Affan anhu. Uthman ibn Affan anhu said to Majabik, what are you doing here? He said, Jittufi Nasrik. I've come here to help you out, to give you my support. He said, أُخْرُجْ إِلَى النَّاسِ فَاطْرُدْهُمْ عَنِّي فَإِنَّكَ خَارِجٌ خَيْرٌ لِي مِنْكَ دَاخِلًا Go and get these people out of here. You are better being out, re removing these people, than you are inside here just giving me support. You're better outside than inside. Get rid of these people. Talk to them. Counsel them. Give them the nasiha. They all know your status. You are Abdullah bin Salam. So give them some counsel. Maybe somebody can knock some sense in their heads because they're not listening to anybody. So he came out to the people and he gave this nasiha which is narrated in Sunan al-Tirmidhi. He said, Ya you nas, O people, innahu kana ismi fil jahiliyah fula. My name in jahiliyah was so and so. We know what his name was. Hussein. Right? Fasammani Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Rasulullah named me Abdullah. 
and there were certain ayahs of Quran Kareem that were revealed upon revealed upon Rasulullah about me. One of the ayahs that was revealed upon Rasulullah about me was This was the ayah from uh, Surah Ahqaf. And then he's, this is another ayah which we didn't go through. He said, this was another ayah that was revealed upon Nabi Ali Salatu Salam about me. قُلْ كَفَى بِاللَّهِ شَهِيدًا بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَكُمْ وَمَنْ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ الْكِتَابِ Say to them, the kuffar, كَفَى Allah is enough as a witness between me and you and وَمَنْ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ الْكِتَابِ And those people who have been given the book, meaning the previous scriptures. Meaning they also, along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are witness between you and me. Allah is the first witness that I am on haq and you are on batil. And the people of the book, <coughs> and the person who has the book, meaning Abdullah bin Salam, he's also a witness that Muhammad Rasulullah is on haq and you are on batil. <coughs> So here Abdullah bin Salam is being placed as a shaheed beside who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Now over there, the first ayah he's called a shahid and in this ayah he's called a shaheed. Now in Urdu when you say shaheed it means martyr. But shaheed in Arabic doesn't mean martyr. <coughs> shaheed means witness. Shahid and shaheed is just different forms. Shaheed is used more in extreme sense. Meaning a witness in which there's no doubt. Shahid is just a witness. Shaheed, a witness in which there's no doubt that he's speaking the truth. We will make your ummah a shaheed, a witness over all other nations. And, <coughs> and Rasulullah will be made a witness on the Day of Judgment for everyone. His ummah and all other nations. Shaheed, the word used there. That same word is being used for Abdullah bin Salam. So he's quoting the ayah as a way of telling them who he is. His caliber. And then he says, this is very, very important for us to know. He says, Inna lillahi saifan maghmudan ankum. There is a sword that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, which he has kept in a sheath. In the scabbard. وَإِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَةَ قَدْ جَاوَرَتْكُمْ فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا الَّذِي نَزَلَ فِيهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ And the angels are with you, are your neighbors, are your protectors here in this city of yours in which Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم migrated. This city of yours, Medina Munawwara, is a very blessed city. It's protected by the angels. And remember, this rule applies even now. The city of Medina Munawwara is protected by the Malaika because we read in the Ahadith Sahihah, Rasulullah said in his prophecies that Dajjal will come and he will go all over, but he will not be able to enter Makkah Mukarbah and Makkah Mukarbah and he will not be able to enter Tayyibah. He will not be able to enter Tayyibah. 
and that's a rawaya of Tamim al-Dari who was a from the Nasara, from the Christians who met Dajjal and Dajjal himself told Tamim al-Dari that I cannot enter Tayba. Why? Because the angels are guarding the gates that enter into Medina Munawwara. That allow entry into Medina Munawwara. All those gates are covered by the Malaika. So the Malaika are standing guard over the city, blessed city of Tayba. So he's talking. He's saying that this city is blessed and it's been protected by the, it's protected by the angels and they are with you. Fallah, Fallah fi hadha rajul. Fallah, Allah fi hadha rajul. Be aware, fear Allah, fear Allah in regards to this person, meaning Uthman ibn Affan, and taqtulu, don't kill him for Wallah. I swear by Allah, la in if you kill him, la tatrudunna jiranakumul malaika. You are forcing the angels who are your neighbors and are around you to leave your protection. He's not talking about those angels that are who are on the gates. He's talking about the angels of Rahmah. Those angels will always be there protecting the gates against fitna. No, he's talking about the angels of Rahmah. That were here because of Rasulullah's presence in the city because he migrated here. And if you take out that sword that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept in the sheath, if you remove it, then remember until the day of judgment, it will never be put back in its sheath. Meaning that once the blood of a Muslim is spilled in this ummah, right, then never again will it stop the spilling of blood of Muslims at the hands of other Muslims until the Day of Judgment. <clears throat> and you will take the blame because you're the ones who shed the blood of a Muslim brother for the first time. So any blood that's shed after you by any Muslim of any other Muslim brother all the sin will come on you. You better watch out. You know what they said to him? You know what they said to him? They said, Kill the Yehudi. Calling Abdullah bin Salam the Yehudi. A Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? They said, no, no, you're Yehudi. We don't want to listen to you. Waqtul Uthman, kill Uthman, kill the Yehudi. There's a hadith of Sunnah Tirmidhi. He came back in one night or one morning, a few days later. Because this Yom Uddar is the day when he was, Uthman was killed. But as we mentioned, he was surrounded by these insurgents, his house, for many, many days. So it was on one of those days. Actually, it was actually the day that he, the, the very day that he died, that he was assassinated. That day, Abdullah bin Salam came to him in the morning. So the Yomuddar. 
he came to in the morning and he says to find out to give salam give him salam ask everything's okay if he needs any help but the khaltuari came upon him he said marhaban ya akhi subhanallah marhaba come welcome welcome my brother ما يسرني أنك كنت وراك في هذه الليلة. This coming, this past night, I'm not happy that you have let this past night go behind you. That you have let this night pass behind you. It was such a blessed night. I wish I had stayed. رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في هذه الخوخة. I saw رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم through this door. فقال لي أثمان حصروك. He said to me, Uthman, have the insurgents surrounded you completely from all sides? I said, Naam. He said, A'atashuka, have they made you thirsty because they're not allowing you access to water? I said, Naam. He said, Fadallali Dalwan. He hung a bucket for me. Filled with water, I took the water, فَشَرِبْتُ مِنْهُ حَتَّى until I was quenched. And I can feel the coolness of that water in my body even to this moment. I feel the coolness of that water that I drank from Rasulullah in my dream even now. I'm not thirsty anymore. I was thirsty before, I'm not thirsty anymore. Then Rasulullah gave me an option. He said, In shitta, aftarta indana wa in shitta nusirta ali. You have two choices. If you want, you can come because Uthman was fasting continuously during this time. So if you want, you can do iftar with me. Come and break your iftar with me. Or if you want, I will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send a force to help you against the rebels. Now doing iftar with Rasulullah means what? Shaheed. Actually, shaheed we already mentioned means what? Istishhad. Mustashhidan means to be shaheed. Now I'm using that same word. Mustashid in Arabic means to be martyred. It's okay, you can use it. I'm not saying it's haram to use. He said, فَاخْتَرْتُ أَنْ أُفْتِرَ عِنْدَهُ I chose to do iftar with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَقُتِلَ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ That day, Uthman radiallahu was assassinated and martyred. That day. So Abdullah bin Salam may have been one of the last people to meet Uthman ibn Affan anhu before he was martyred. Who became Khalifa after Uthman ibn Affan anhu? Ali anhu. Ali anhu is the first Khalifa to change the capital from Medina Munawwara to Kufa. So Abu Bakr Siddiq Khilafa and during his Khilafah, the capital was Medina Munawwara. And likewise, during the time of Umar ibn Khattab and Uthman ibn Affan. 
But Ali radiallahu anhu, he moved his Darul Iqama, the capital, to Kufa because most of his supporters, or so-called supporters, were in Iraq. Okay. So when Ali radiallahu anhu was getting onto his mount to depart for Kufa, and he was leaving Medina Munawwara. Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu held on to his the bridle of the horse or the camel. And he put his foot in the stirrup, and you can only put one foot in the stirrup at a time. So Ali radiallahu couldn't mount properly. He said, And I said to him, where do you think you're going? Abdullah bin Salam is telling Ali, where are you going? So Ali radiallahu said, Iraq. I'm going to Iraq. He said, if you go there, لَيُصِيبُكَ بِهَا ذُبَابُ السَّيْفِ If you go there, just remember, you're going to be cut down by the sword. You're going to be cut down by the sword. You know what Ali radiallahu said? He said, Aymullah, I swear by Allah, لَقَدْ سَمِعَتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَبْلَهُ يَقُولُهُ I heard Rasulullah say the exact same thing to me before this as well. And indeed, Ali radiallahu went to Kufa and they betrayed him. The people of Iraq betrayed him. They deceived him. They made promises and did not live up to their promises. They made a lot of claims of love and said that they adored him. But when he would order them to follow and obey and listen, they wouldn't listen. They disobeyed. So whatever they expressed was only in the mouth. It wasn't really in the heart. And there's a saying, and I don't remember the saying exactly. I'm just paraphrasing it in my own words. But they say the one who screams the loudest, the one who screams the loudest has the least feeling in the heart. Meaning, the one who makes the most claims and says the most things has the least amount of love in the heart. Because the one who really has love expresses it through their actions. They don't have to say it. And the one who doesn't have anything to show, then they have to say it. Then it's just talk. But there's no action. And Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu knew that. He said, these people are just talk. These Iraqis are just talk. Don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Don't accept them. They're deceivers. They make claims. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. Don't go to them. They're going to cut you cut down by the sword.
And that's exactly what happened. In fact, the person who killed Ali ibn Abi Talib anhu, was also an Iraqi. Abdurrahman ibn Muljam. He was from Iraq. He's the person who assassinated him right after Fajr Salah. Or was it before Fajr Salah? Ali was very, very unhappy with the people of Iraq who claimed to support him, who claimed to do so much, right? and who claimed to cry over the death of his son, Hussein. But they were also the same ones who betrayed the son too. When he needed support, he didn't get the support he needed. So history is just repeating itself from Ali Radhan to Hassan Radhan to Hussein Radhan. Inshallah, most likely by tomorrow, we'll be able to finish the life story of Abdullah bin Salam Radhan. In fact, it might take only 10 to 15 minutes because we don't have a whole lot left. And then Inshallah, we'll figure out who we want to talk about. Who's going to be next Sahabi? After that, <clears throat> we'll leave that in suspense. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati yamma yasifun. Wassalamuna ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Jazakumullah khair.